Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 16. I am Andy Acosta. My friend Eddie Sines will be joining me today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears for the next hour and a half. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So episode number 16, me and Eddie get straight into the conversation. And for me, it really revolved around my abnormal week. Uh, We talk about our week and how it went. And then we talk a little bit about politics. But the majority of this episode revolves around religion, which we hadn't quite quite gone in depth as far as maybe our points of view. And not that we give a, a stern point of view, but... We just give our our thoughts about religion and how it ties into ourselves and as well as the world. The book I used to template this episode is called The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell with Bill Moyers. And that book was written back in the 80s, I believe, the late 80s. And it circles and circles and parallels religion and the world. And for me, it's still so relevant in today's world and what we're going through, what we're seeing happen. So we revolve around that and I feel it was long overdue. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. God, it's still that dry little... (laughs) Whatever. Little child's cough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we rolling right now? Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> cool. Take my keys off before they make some kind of extraneous <laughs> noises. Man, I have to say, and and I I've been thinking about this all day because I wasn't sure if it was just gonna be me and you or if Brian was gonna be able to come or not. Because he had already told me since like early in the week, he's like, "Hey, man," because the thing is, like, well, he has a brother and sister, right? Mm-hmm. So they've been they all have jobs. His brother's finishing up school so he has a job and school his sister's a nurse so like they're just their schedules just don't mesh they probably never see each other exactly exactly so with that in mind he's like hey man and last week was his birthday last monday was his birthday so i know they had like dinner but that was it i believe and so he told me i guess earlier this week he said hey man like i oh i guess i was the one who probably brought because i was trying to just figure out what i was gonna do because i know uh, well, we had the gigs, and then I have my cousin. The thing is, his communion is coming up, so like, we're trying to get all that stuff just solidified, make sure it's all taken care of. So uh, that was that, and then so I text him like, "Hey, man, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Well, I might be with my 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 brother and sister." I'm like, "Okay," and then and now we're here, so that was that. But yeah, it, his I, I can't even imagine. I mean that that like you know I, I see my cousin every two weeks, but that's planned. That's heavily like that's like. That's schedulized, you know. That's heavily automated, you know, compared to like something like him, where he lives with with these people and they, he don't see them, you know, as often. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, I'm I'm super used to seeing my brother like most of the time, right? Because we both live at home. Right. But now I'm I'm gonna have to sooner than later start getting acclimated to him not being there, and that I know for me it's gonna be hard. It's gonna suck because I love having him there. That's but, true. He's yeah. leaving. I mean, he's in, leaving. In he's fall, going to college. In the fall, right? He's, yeah. he's 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 not gonna stay home. He's going to go out. To, he's going to A and M College Station. College Station. Freaking A. Yeah, I, I have not forgotten about getting him on here. It's just, honestly, 
since I've been planning to get him on here, we've gone to the island, and then we got to Houston, and then we've had backwards. It seems like we were at backwards every other week. It just feels like that, you know? Almost to the point, yeah. <laughs> and now we've added Falfurias, which we had that mishap yesterday. Maybe Fine. that's why it feels like right, that. Right, exactly. And it and it's literally been like two months in the making, for me at least, that I've been developing notes. I actually now bought the movie Interstellar so I can make notes. Oh, thank God. So, like, I ha- like you know, I'm, I'm developing this, but it's taking two months because it's like, oh, we have a gig. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, Sunday, just, we're just beat. And lately, we've been recording odd you know odd days you know like whatever and then today brian's on here and when your brother's on here i really want want to make it a point to get us it'll be four of us you know i don't want i don't nice. i don't want it to be the three of us you know when we get your brother because i feel like that conversation can go very many ways and if we have like a bunch of set of questions it would be great mm-hmm. so uh, but anyways yeah going back to the root of you know seeing siblings and whatnot you know i mean i don't have any siblings i have my cousin that's the closest thing i have but like i said that's very it's heavily automated in my schedule. I know I'm going to see them for two days, every 14 days, and that's it. You know, I don't, I don't get any more. I don't get any, any less. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Relationships. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like with Pete, and I don't mean like special, like yeah. interest people. Okay, I mean okay, like yeah. just like in general. in general. Right, The that human... The human need for it. The soci- yeah. societal need. You know what other human for an individual. Yeah. Person. You know what other human need I was noticing today uh, was the one to where when you see something that has wheels, you want to ride it. That's the human need. Really? What, <laughs> or like not it? a need, but it's uh like no, not intuition either. I was gonna say intuition, but no, it's not it. I don't know. It's just like a desire, like an urge. Like as um, going around town with my mom today, we went to a whole bunch of places, and one of them was Bad Bath and Beyond, and they had some kind of um, you know, sharper image scooter thing or whatever, like a two-wheel motorized contraption. Okay. And um, I was just like, oh, man, I want to get on it. What is it? I want to get on it. It has wheels. I want to get on it. And, like, something about, like, when you see someone with wheels, you just want to get on it. I don't know. That's it's, interesting. It, it's, if that's the case, if that, if that is, let's say that's, that's 100% true, right? Uh, last night, my parents were watching this uh, old Western movie, and this guy was going to get hung, right, in front of the community. And, of course, the majority is male. Like, this is back in, like, the late 1800s, 1900s, like, back in the day, you know, back in the real Western days, I yes. guess you say. So, my mom was like, how can they just sit there and walk, stand there, stand there and watch? I'm like, why are you sitting there and watch it? It's the same thing. Mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm, and I, I mean that in a very neutral, unrude way because that's the human element. I'm like, mom, that's what I mean when I say, like, there's a lot of human, humanistic things that you want without even knowing you want it you hate death but yet you watch it on tv they saw it in person and that happened like so much you know shawshank redemption the green mile you know like all those movies were you know they showed and i think was the green mile based on true events i have no clue or was it maybe it was on a book either way let's assume like there's a mixture of both let's just let's assume it was a, it was inspired by a truth right okay um you know even something like that you know watching them get electrocuted you know and the community's coming into the to the chamber and watching this electrocution go on you know yeah, it's pretty uh, nuts. I feel like we've talked about this before with the uh, the tiger that mauled the deer yes, in that, the oh, Chinese zoo. Yes, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, 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 absolutely. Same, same idea. And I know I went off on that. <laughs> we went, we went, we went off. That was probably the deepest, and we've gone off so far. And I've tried to retract so that we can continue and not feel like obligated to go any any which direction. You know, if we fall into that that little that little hole, you know, that we can we've been able to mitigate and just be better about talking about it understanding that it's part of the human life, human interaction, and then, you know, moving past it. Yeah. You know, not, and, and I wouldn't say we even dwell on it, but it's, it's, it's so 
it's enriching in a negative way. Does that make sense? Like, you know, like, yeah. like it, it, it just impacts you. It's like, man, like, these are human. We, we've, we've gone over this, but it's like, it's the human, uh, the human, humanistic aspect. No, what, what's the word? There's a better way to say it. Like, you know. There's just some strange attraction for they're, people they're attraction when, it, when it comes to watching others suffer or die or right. something. Right, yeah. It's when, just when death is involved. Yeah, like we, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. When death is involved, you know that attraction, that that chemical change in your brain that happens every single time. You know, it, uh, I still have so trouble explaining it. Like I still haven't really dialed in on why that's attractive. I'm sure, I'm sure someone has a biological answer for mm-hmm. me somewhere, but yeah. I haven't really searched for it. it and also, oh, I mean, excuse me, I don't know if it's necessarily called primal. But it's part of that, you know. It just, you know, the I would death, imagine you know, it, it is, it, it, quote unquote, like the you know, Lion King, circle of life type deal. You know, it's it's kind of like they're like, fine, it's a it's a kids movie, but there were still hyenas, you know, <laughs> like you know, like would it would it be the same thing? Like we won't like I guess get into it too much, but yeah. would it be the same thing as when people like watching UFC? Because I mean, what are you really doing when you're watching UFC or MMA or whatever? You're watching two guys like beat each other up with the goal is to kill each other, but they're not going to kill each other, right? Yeah. They're going to go to the point where in normal life where there's no stoppage. That you yeah, would like in defense stop. of your own life, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. But uh, but that's really the whole point of that is to knock someone out, uh, you know, to the point where like you know if you were to keep going, you could kill them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely just dismantle somebody if you just fucking. And that's why you have weight classes because to make sure that doesn't happen either. You know, you're not, you're not gonna have a 250 pound guy just go against you know even a 200 pound guy. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all all that stuff, man. It's so interesting, and man. I like that we're getting, I guess, this kind of deep early because that, that's how I've kind of felt this whole week, for whatever reason. And and I I say for whatever reason because it, it it seemed like it's grown up to Thursday and Thursday. I had lunch with my dad and he, I was like, hey, like, hey, what's up? He's like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just kind of chilling. The, the podcast is up, the vlog is up, whatever. And he's like, you need to slow down, son. I was like, I and I I, I rarely, if ever, rebuttal to my dad. And I said, but I enjoy doing what I'm doing, you know, like, and I, and, and he's like, yeah, but you need to slow down. And I'm like, but then after he repeated, I'm like, okay, you're right. And since then, and this is what I, this is what I was going to originally start with was like, I want to apologize to you and like, just to whoever I've interacted with, because my brain has not been just centralized on the day-to-day stuff that I want, that I, I sometimes maybe I preach it and I really try to do it. And it, like, it affected me, it, it affected me ultimately on friday because even my workout was shitty like it was just bad like i had a bad workout and i went to your place i'm like man i had a bad workout it just wasn't good and then we got to the gig and i was i was there and i it took me forever just to just to get in sync for me to get in to sync. be there for me to get in sync with myself to then per- perform you know i mean i i my brain still fights it but i at least if i i guess if i know that I'm not in sync, then I assume that it's also view, it's also portrayable, or it's it's you're able to see it. To, you know, watching me, sure. you're able to see it. So that was that, and then and then well, we talk. I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but the situation that happened at the school district that your friend works at, my cousin goes to. Mm, yes. Uh, with that student, and that happened, I think Wednesday or something, and my cousin he Snapchat did about it, and I texted him. He didn't text me until the next day, and he let me know the situation, and. Uh, so that I guess that was another stem of like where my week just ended up, and then like even yesterday, dude, like we uh, after I left your house, um, my dad's like, hey, let's go to the baseball game. So we went, and like I wasn't like into my clock, but I was like, oh, it's eight o'clock. We'd barely be we'd be sound checking right now. Or we'd be loading in, 
oh, the game ended at 9.30? Oh, man, we'd, we're st we'd still be waiting for the first set. Like, and he's like, but you're here. I'm like, you're right, but I don't know why my brain is doing this shit. And it, piss it pisses me off, not in, a, not in a physical way, but in my brain. Like, knowing that my brain is not where it should be. That's funny. So, like, your brain was just kind of automatically wired because maybe, like, of the day or the time or something. Like, it was just it was ready to go. It was prepared. Right. And that's kind of how mine was, too, on Saturday um, in the same sense. Like, when I was explaining to somebody, it's like, you're the, the, the seven stages of, uh, of having a gig canceled on you. It's like, one, <laughs> like go, yeah, go. one, fuck the world and everything in it. And then, like, two, how am I going to pay bills this week? Three, what bills do I have to pay this week? <laughs> Four, how much money can I survive on this week? And then, um, and then uh, five, well, I guess I'll just get some rest and look forward to that. And then six, no, but I really want to play. Seven, nah, I'm just really looking forward to getting some rest. <laughs> yeah, right. Seven and stages. That's actually very good. I like that, man. Because for me, it was just like, okay, I, I know I have my, because I pay for, well, for jujitsu, right? So I know I have that coming up at the beginning of the month. But it's like, for me, one thing that I remember was like, oh, man, I have my three-day fast coming up. So that's three days of food I don't have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's easy, <laughs> easy for you. <laughs> it's tied in too well, dude. It's tied in too well because that's why I'm laughing about it. I'm glad you're laughing about it because it, it literally, I'm like, wait a minute. Three days of no food? Heck, yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about God three bless. Days. Just water. I can get water. I'm yeah. good with water. So, well, I guess for everyone listening, we were supposed to play in Falfurious. If we have any friends in Falfurious that were planning on coming to see us, Pioneer Saloon, we're really sorry it got canceled. Um, it was a it was a last minute thing, not our decision. It was management's uh, decision. I guess there's too much going on around the area. They didn't feel like um, it'd be a good night to have the bar open. Yeah, especially especially sorry for Freer. I know that Radisson Roundup is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, I've heard and, that. And Saturday night. Uh, Last night, well, it was Buck Days also. I guess this weekend was Buck, or this week, because Buck Days and Corpus, it's like a big day. It's like the Mercedes Livestock Show Yeah. of Corpus. And okay. I, I got to go when I was living over there. So it's, it's a big event. And the thing is, over there, they have the arena. So they have the rodeo indoors. Like, it's an indoor oh, arena. Like, it's, it's, it's a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really neat. Well, last night, headliner was William Carr Green. Uh. So, like, I mean, they were going to get pulled over there. But I, I feel like for foul, Freer would be the bigger go-to. It's closer. Probably, I feel, you know, probably. And, and maybe unless you're in the rodeo, in the rodeo, then yeah. you'd go to Corpus. You yeah. Do that. I wouldn't even doubt that um, some people from Falfurias came down to see Aaron Watson, being that it's only an hour away. Yeah, it's. So. Easy. I mean, it's as easy as going over there and playing yeah. gig. You know, it's the same thing. So speaking of, um, I went and hung out with my lady friend at the sure. um, at the concert. Um, what you call it? At the Aaron Watson concert last night, and um, well, like you, like you were saying, it's what I was going to tag on with um, a little while ago. It was like my brain was still in the musical mindset of things. And so, well, you know how, like, I am, and, and I know how you are, and, like, and, and Gonzo and everybody else that we play music with. Like, when we're at a concert, we're in a very particular mindset, yeah, in yeah. a very analytical mindset. Mm -hmm. And, well, everyone around me was um, enjoying the concert and dancing and singing and drinking and having a good time. I'm there, like, scratching my beard, like, my chin, <laughs> and just chin. in thought, like, hmm, the lighting guy, he missed that cue. What's going on? Like... <laughs> That was a moment, man. Like, you know, the band, like, had a, had a big hit. Like, uh, I forget what song it is. I think it's called Isabel or Isabella. Or, it was one of his newer ones off that oh, new okay. album, I Vaquero. No, yeah, okay, I have no I don't know. Yeah. I just, that's, I'm, I'm just going off of what I think he was saying. Yeah. And um, so it kind of starts out like just a guitar thing. It's like a Spanish guitar um, mm -hmm. kind of rhythm going on. Okay. And then, you know, there's a big hit going into, like, the next verse or whatever. You know, it's just kind of how the song starts. And there's a cool moment for, like, a big lighting thing that could have happened and it didn't happen, and it really bothered me. I was like, why? 
why didn't you do something with the lights there? It would have been really cool. <laughs> but, you know, uh, little things like that um, is the mindset uh, that, I'm, that I constantly find myself in at concerts. So I kind of had to dial back from that, and, and well, I had to go back and be with the people around me and, and make sure I wasn't... Um, Ignoring my lady friend or right, or yeah, nothing. absolutely, and that was the thing, and that's, that's the thing. Like even when I was at the game, like I was enjoying the game. Me and my dad got to talk about baseball, which we hadn't done in a while. You know, even you know, living at home, you live at home too. It's like, man, like I mean, it's not like we see our. I mean, I feel this is pure. This is pure opinion, but you know, where people will say, "Oh, you live," but you live at home with your parents, dude. Like, yeah, but it doesn't mean I see them. I'm still trying to do stuff. They still work. It's not like they're not working. You know, it'd be different if, let's say, they're stay-at-home parent. You know, whatever. That'd be different. Totally different case, but. For them, I feel like for the majority of maybe millennials, for the majority, their parents, our parents are still working. Like, what the hell? You know, like, our parents aren't old for old sake, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, our parents are still working. I, now that we're coming up, coming of age, I guess, and I guess for the older millennials, because I think the millennial range is, like, from 24, 25 until about 40. So let's say our parents, like, my parents, I think my, my parents had me when they were, like, 26, 27, so they're in their early 50s. It's like, yeah, like, people are working until they're 80 now. Like, you know, I have an aunt that still works at HEB here in Edinburgh, one of the HEBs, and she's, like, 82. Like, she's still, she's a greeter, like, yeah, but she's still working. You know, she still gets her W-2. She's still working. That's the point. My point is that she's still working. You know? Yeah. The, uh, I, I did an interview at the Monitor Thursday morning, and the last, or one of the last questions I was asked in the interview was, um, you know, like, what's, like, in store for the future? Like, how long do you want to keep doing this or whatever? And I was just kind of like, forever like, you know, like yeah. until the day i die like willie nelson's still doing it he just turned 84 i think yeah, 84 yeah yeah and uh bob dylan's still doing it even though people have kind of forgotten about bob dylan but he's still doing it yeah he's still doing it like no excuses yeah. i just want to keep doing Absolutely. it why i don't hate it right i'm not yeah, trying I, to get away from it right yeah same here man and this is also another point that i've been think- pondering today because like for me music is such a selfish thing for myself not for anybody but i'm saying like for me to play music it's such a selfish thing because I get to do exactly what I want to do, you know, every chance I can. You know, every chance we get a gig, you know, whatever. I've been getting less out of, uh, I guess, not with you, like, I, I guess, uh, sitting calls, which is, like, turned, like, lately has been great. Like, I think this year I've gotten zero, which, like, I've, in turn, just been able to use it to just relax, <laughs> you know, like, trying to. But, see, with those, those are planned where, like, yesterday would be different, you know, where it wasn't planned. So your mindset was kind of building up and you know i got my work yesterday's workout was better so i felt better i was like man like good i just felt better it's like man i i might have just needed a rest too you know friday I, yeah. my body because i still did like 20 minutes of work but it was not a workout i do not consider it a workout yesterday i went back and my friend was like hey man you ready today i'm like you know i'm freaking ready like, i'm good to go so i had a better workout you know i was but it's that it's that i guess it's part of my pre-show ritual type deal it's a maybe a similar similar to that type of idea where uh you know, kind of just get my day started, kind of, you know, sleep in a little bit, you know, get a workout in, get a sweat on, get a good, good lunch, start getting ready. And then you happen to text me at a great, I mean, optimal time, not a great time, just an optimal time of like what I was doing. I was getting ready to transition my mindset officially. And then you text me, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't have to go through that transition. Not that I, not that it didn't bother me, but it's like, well, we got to roll, no, you got to roll with it, man. Yeah. At that point, there's nothing you do. And 
one thing that I'm going to ponder that I want that I wanted to bring up to you. I was going to say it personally, but it don't really matter. Is like you know we can start looking for those things. You know when we book a venue like in Corpus or whatever. Like for for Corpus, if we would play, let's say we would play the Ingleside, it would have been optimal to play this weekend. Where where Fortis is right in the middle, so it's not optimal. So like hey, you know we're not going to have people in Good town. Point. You know so like we can start looking for like okay we're going to be in foul this weekend. Is there anything going on if within the vicinity? You know within 150 miles. You know that will contradict like hey man can we switch the week can we can this, this just, let's just skip that middle conversation that middle that last minute text you know that you get yeah. like oh damn we we could have mitigated this but it's something that didn't happen before you know in this situation we've gone to get canceled but it wasn't because of other events so with that thought process that's what i was gonna tell i was gonna tell you is like man we we can at least write that down and have that as a consideration whenever we're booking gigs we can go from there. I like it. I'm glad you brought that up. That's not something I thought of yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, what brings me to that mindset is, like, okay, if it doesn't make sense, why? And, like, it's like, man, it doesn't make sense. Like, we don't, you know, we have a gig and whatever, but, but the variable is, you know, anticipating something like that. Because it's new, then you write it down as a new thing, and then you consider it for next time, you know, for yeah. stuff like that. Well, it made sense to me why he wanted to cancel it. Right, I, right. I can't necessarily hold the, hold that against him because mm-hmm. he owns and operates a business, and I I completely understand that. And you got to do what you got to do. But the common courtesy would be two weeks' notice, and yeah. there could have been a little more responsibility yeah. taken. And and I agree with two weeks, and that's because I always tell you like if we can get seven days, that's manageable. We can at least just put it off the ca- take it off the calendar, and we'll be good. But yeah, I mean, two weeks optimal. Seven days is like okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's not terrible. And, you know, because even seven days, that'll allow Denver to get another gig if he needs to or whatever. And, you know, I can then plan my week more accordingly whatever because I'm just, I'm just trying to fill up my time. You know, my empty – any empty space, quote, unquote, you know, I'll try to fill that up. But For sure. Yeah, man. So good. Well, either way, as, as through my seven uh, phases of <laughs> losing a gig or a gig getting canceled, number seven was I'm really looking forward to rest, and that's not what I did at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> And I'm did so you exhausted. Anything after, did you do anything after the concert, or are you just kind of like... Yeah, we went out to Draft House, oh, okay. but I don't know. Everyone was, uh, I don't know, people got in such a strange mood after the concert, like just hmm. in general. I don't know what it was about last night. There was some bad juju going around, hmm. but there were a lot of people in a lot of weird moods. You think that's interesting, and first thing that I think about is like a complacent mindset when you're not getting, when you're, you're not getting that, those uh, chemicals thrown at your brain. You know, like you go to the concert, you enjoy it, and then you leave and it just kind of like just go, you go back to zero. And maybe the high doesn't last as long. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, this, these are just questions. This is something I'm just pondering just now. You saying that, it's like, man, would it possibly be because like the high doesn't last? You know, like the, that short attention span, you know, like kind of relevant to that where, you know, you get that high and then it just doesn't seem maybe to last as long. I wonder if it had anything to do, too, with, um, well, we went, okay, so we went to Draft House. A lot of people go to Hibbley's after country concerts. <laughs> Naturally, I'm assuming, not that, I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's safe to assume that Hibbley's was packed. John Wolf showed yeah, up, so. I heard. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I'm assuming it was packed as shit, and, um, which is awesome. But we went to Draft House, and it was kind of dead, to be honest. Like, it's Dude, usually popping. I went Friday night, and it was dead as hell. Like, yeah, it was super dead on Friday, too. It Interesting. Weird. Yeah, super weird. Like, parking lot empty dead, like, weird. Ugh. Yeah, like, I mean, really bad. I mean, bad in the in the sense of businesses, like, not sure. good. Yeah, it was not Yeah, no, it was pretty dead last night, too, and I wonder if that had anything to do with, like, vibe coming down. And then we were sitting outside, and then, like, it got really windy, and shit's blowing around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah, people, cool um, yeah, a couple people were a, a little too drunk to function, had to go <laughs> home, um, you know, so it's yeah. it one of those nights. It was, I don't know, it ended up being a... 
I don't know. People got in weird moods. Interesting. Yeah. I just, since we're on weird moods, I'm gonna let me read this little piece because I, I was trying to figure out material for today, and because of my mindset, because of what I've already been thinking about with like my dad saying you need to slow down, then the then my Friday being kind of lopsided, then Saturday being its own thing because you know there's no gig. Uh, I was like, man, usually when it's me and Eddie, usually I go straight to extreme ownership, just kind of you know I I would have normally done a chapter review, but because my heart is not in that state right now it's like it would it wouldn't make sense to force myself or force any of us to like listen to this if i'm not into it how can i ask anybody else to do it so yeah so gotta, uh, so gotta I, say what you mean to me what you say right and that, that and taking that seriously it's like okay like what book what book do i can i at least derive from and then because my dad said slow down and then um i guess the mind just just the way the mind works and what we and you, what me and you have briefly like, kind of just brought up as far as like because re- we've been talking about religion more or less like in and out like these past rehearsals and mm-hmm. just whenever we have time we've 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 dove into it these past few weeks so I was like power of myth I think I think that's the book for today and 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 I've said this I don't I think I don't think I've said this on the podcast maybe but I know I told Eddie this where it's like it's super dense you know it took me three months to finish this book one time you know and and right now like I'm only. 21 pages in and it's not a long book but it's just so i mean i've already been at it like a month and like i'm still at page 21 more because it's also not my priority book when i read it the first time it was like the book and that was it um and even then you said it took you three months three months for one yeah that was my sole book it took me from when we left nashville that day we left nashville and and three months after that so so august september and and I, i i did say this in my vlog for today which you won't see till two till tomorrow and this podcast you won't hear till Thursday, so the timeline's gonna be all fucked. But uh, I did say on the podcast, you know, there are some days on this book where I, I'd read two quotes because it's it's a conversation. So I read one from Joseph Campbell, the author, and then Bill Moyers, the basically the mediator. And I'd read like one piece from each of them, and I'm like, I just closed the book because it's like, oh my god, too much. <laughs> yes, it was just a, it was plenty. It was plenty to need to digest that took 24 hours, you know, to the next day. All right, pull up your pants, kids. Here we go. <laughs> all right. So here, this is the this is in the beginning. This is um, chapter one, which is called or titled "Myth and the Modern World." Basically, how and one thing I, I've told Eddie about this in the beginning because I I believe this book was written like around 1988 or it was at least released 1988. Yes, it was copyright 1988, and it's so relevant 20 years later. So re- and it it blows my mind to this day because. Even though I haven't read through it in in less in a little bit less than a year, like some of the things in here, like I it, I just know that it's mind blowing and it's crazy how twenty years later it's so relevant. This Joseph Campbell was onto something. Like he 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 understood the times, and now me reading it, it's like oh my god. And I told Eddie this when I first read th- when I was reading this for the first time. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like this, this is we're in 2016, 20, now twenty seventeen, and this book was written nineteen. And 1988 wasn't, that was three years before I was born. Like, that was not long ago, you know, because it's during our time lapse, you know. It's about a generation and a half yeah. ago or so. <clears throat> Just about. And it's like, gee, you know, 1988 was like the meat of millennials. The real, like, I guess what millennials are actually defined as, not what we thought it was. Because I think we've talked about this word, like, you know, millennials actually range from, like, the late, se- born late 70s up until 1991 through 1993, more or less. So that you figure about 24, 25 up until about 40. And it's, and funny thing is I've talked to some more 35 to 40s, especially substituting stuff, and they're like, what? Like when I, I brought this stuff up to them, and I'm like, yeah, you're like my big brother. You just keep bullying us. <laughs> like, 
Like, you just keep bullying, like, because we're the next decade. Now, I get the decade thing, but that's different from a generation. And the way a lot of people are doing, like, even uh, from uh, some of these research companies, research labs, they're bringing up, you know, that, and if you put the age rate, it's like 40. And it's like, man, like, yeah. And even my cousin Luis, he's like, hey, man, you know, I showed him the Simon Sinek video, that millennial, that, the one that started off that whole millennial thought process for us. I showed it to him today. And he's like, so what are millennials? And I, I gave him the age range. He's like, what about me? I'm like, dude, you're like the next generation, bro. Like Generation Z. Yeah, I'm like, you're Gen Z. And see this video? Like, it's going to say Gen Z next. In 10 years, it's going to say Gen Z. Like, in 10 years, it'll be my, because he's exactly 10 years younger than me. So I'm like, in 10 years, it's going to be a millennial talking about Gen Z. And I'm going to say, shut the fuck up. Help them, teach them, and, you know, yep. get, go that route. Don't go the route of, what, oh, go the route of Simon Sinek. Don't go the route of what we're getting right now as millennials. Yeah. Don't go the, the blame route. Yeah, the blame. Yeah, the blame. Oh, it's their fault or whatever. It's, 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 that's not the way to go. Anyways, so <clears throat> this book is the intro, the first chapter is just saying how you're losing myth. And in, in, this sense, in this book, myth is religion, but all religions, not just Christianity, not just one specific one. And that's why I liked it. That's why it's, it's helped me. And I never, I've never had a judgmental self, but... I didn't. I just didn't have any fact or any type of opinion on religions outside Christianity, Catholicism, because I'm a Catholic. Like that. That's it, right? And with this one, when I now that I talk to my, I mean, I talk to my mom about this, and for her, it's different because she's a different generation, born in a more strict Catholic home, right? So for her to break that show, it's taken me a year, you know. But I'm not doing, and I tell her, I'm not doing this, like in a in a bad way. I just want you to understand that. The world, there's actually a lot of good people and a lot of parallels in the world and between multiple religions. And that's, I think that's great. And that's what I want to focus on. Not, okay, the radical Islams or, or you know, things, jihad, you know, all those like radical, like just thought processes, right? And uh, so anyways, so that's what the power of myth is. Chapter one, just, it's basically just an introduction to that. Here, Moyers, which is the mediator, he says, the poet Yeats felt we were living in the last of a great Christian cycle. His poem, The Second Coming, says, Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed and everywhere. The ceremony of innocence is drowned. And then now he says, What do you see slouching? towards Bethlehem to be born. And Joseph Campbell's response was, I don't know what's coming any more than needs new. But when you come to the end of one time and the beginning of a new one, it's a period of tremendous pain and turmoil. The threat we feel and everybody feels. Well, there is this notion of Armageddon coming, you know. So I, so I was going through this book and I, I read that piece. It's like we're, we're right in the middle of that. And I don't see Armageddon. I think it's 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 just a time and space, right? It's just the time that we're going through. It it happened over and over again, and we're just happen to be in the crossroads cross, crossroads of this technological te technological movement and this crossroads of religions. I mean, starting from the you know after 9/11, learning about Islam. Like I think people before were maybe you've you've mentioned this, Eddie. Were you know we're kind of in this bubble and there's bubbles in the bubbles, right? So the bubble of the U S more or less was just Christianity. 
And after 9-11, then Muslims. Then Muslim became the talk. And Islam and all these other religions, right? So, re again, let me repeat, is that this book was written 20 years ago. And it, it's, it's, we're right in the middle of it again. Arguably so, definitely. Um, even uh, in another realm, like I think politically... I mean, I've only been alive as long as I've been alive. I don't know what it's been like. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, divisiveness, you know, in the country. I don't know what the divisiveness has been like in the past because I can't speak from that experience. But it definitely feels like in my lifetime it's the most politically divided I've ever seen it be yeah. as far as when I started paying attention anyway. But <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm sick. <laughs> been sick I've been, for like uh, two weeks. <laughs> I've been having this, like, dry little pouty kid cough and just can't get over it. Anyway, continue reading. Yeah, well, man, okay, I'll, I'll, just, I, I'll just continue reading. So, Moyers then says, I have, uh, he's quoting this, I have become death, the, dis the destroyer of worlds. Oppenheimer said when he s saw the first atomic bomb explode, but don't you think that this, that, that, uh, but you don't, but you don't think that will be our end, do you? Campbell replies, it won't be the end. Maybe it will be the end of life on this planet, but that is not the end of the universe. It is just a bungled explosion in terms of all the explosions that are going on in all the suns of the universe. The universe is a bunch of exploding atomic furnaces like out like our sun with the typo in there. So this is just a little imitation of the whole big job. That's nuts. I've never thought about the atomic bomb in that in that sense, but that's accurate. Imagine, yeah, yeah, dude, and, th and that's why when I when I read this, I, I literally because usually even when I read out of a book, when I'm doing extreme ownership, I literally plan. Okay, we're gonna say this. I want to read this, and when I read this, I literally stopped. I'm like, I'm just gonna, ju I'm just gonna go, and I hope that me and Eddie can have a good conversation over it, because yeah, like there's points like that, and okay, like last year. Okay, let me start. So reading this book initially, help just skyrocket reading everything else reading this allowed me to read eight more books before the year ended because it would the other ones were such easy reads compared to this book so reading that last year you know sons of sons atomic bombs it's like oh you know and and this was before i think this is like leading to where we started talking about the universe and stuff me and you and brian we first even when we first started this podcast back in january you know late january um that you know, it's like sons of you know. We talk about and then freaking you know infinities on infinities and then different size infinities. It all it all makes sense, you know, because it's it's all relevant to what we what we're finding out, what we're learning. Yeah, it's a good point, um, man. I've uh, I've said this to you. I feel like several times in the past couple of weeks, but um, for me personally, uh, as far as religion goes, like the only thing that or not the only thing, but the main thing rather, only a terrible word to use for this, not at all accurate. The main thing that keeps me like clinging to the thought of religion and the thought of there being an ultimate um, deity controlling everything or maybe not controlling but um, just kind of in creation of everything yeah. that carries that responsibility for the creation of everything but is the fact that like as far as we know we're the only ones in this vast amount of space that we've discovered we haven't discovered any life through it at the moment so it's like what are the what are the odds that we're here on a on a rock floating in the middle of nowhere in like space and in infinite space and then like with you know millions billions of species on the earth that you know could have like you know not that they don't have rational thought but actual you know like introspective thinking like the way we do um you know like it's 
what what are the odds? It yeah, just yeah. blows my mind. Well, here, yeah. So Moyer says, can you imagine that somewhere else other creatures can be sitting, investing their transient journey with the kind of significance that our myths and great stories do? Now he's talking about, like, you know, the myths that we have here. Can somebody else in another universe be doing that, right? So J- Ca- Campbell says, no. When you realize that if the temperature goes up 50 degrees and stays there, life will not exist on this earth. And that if it drops, let's say another 100 degrees and stays there, life will not be on this earth. When you realize how very delicate this balance is, how the quantity of water is so important, well, when you think of all the accidents of the environment that have fostered life, how can you think that the life we know would exist on any other particle of the universe, no matter how many of these satellites around stars there may be. So he's saying there's just zero possibility, like with with all the, um, you know, millions and millions of chances and accidents, like, uh, okay, better one, better two, and then the, the nature, you know, takes its course and it either goes one or two, <laughs> and then out of all the times that that's happened, it's fostered a perfect... Um, environment for our lives here on this planet okay and i think he might even also human life but i think he might also mean like just biological life and period like bacteria and stuff too i th- i think i don't know that may be digging too deep into the weeds maybe pro- pro- probably but it, it's just something that crossed my mind that it might be he might mean just being you know a be- being a being you know even to the smallest particle that's that. interesting being the like, especially now that, like, they're starting to find um, Earth-like planets and how, like, it wasn't that long ago they just discovered, like, what is it, like, in some other solar system and three of these planets were in the Goldilocks zone. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah so that was, like, within, like, yeah. a month or two ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was, was pretty recent. Yeah, recent yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But either way, I mean, I don't know. Like, a um, friend I've been talking to about it, like, um, She's of the opinion, like, there's just, like, it's maybe not so much that it, um, that it exists or don't, like, other life exists somewhere or that it doesn't, but, like, what does it matter if we're here? Yeah. And if it's so far away from us and we can't attain it either way, like, all that matters is the reality that's in front of you now, which I'm right. sure you would take, too, with the, <laughs> with the stoicism. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, that, that's, and, man, and, you know, I had a hard time, okay, I guess Friday was my peak of that, of, of being so far away from my day today. You know, where every, like, let's say for the past, let's just say for the past hundred days, I have been so in tuned to like today, right now. And for Friday, it just screwed up. My mind just screwed up my thought process for the day. You know, 24 hours. I just, it, I won't say it was miserable, but it was miserable. <laughs> you know, it just, it just so against what I try to do and what I, you know, while you want to have macro goals, and I've mentioned this, you you want to have macro goals, but you need to do something, just some one thing every day. You know, Tim Ferriss talks about, you know. Find, simplify your goal to the to the to one thing that you can check off on your list, and if you feel accomplished, do that. Then tomorrow, check off another one. Check off another one. You know, and that goes back to living day, you know, day to day and everything. But uh, yeah, man, you're allowed to be human. <laughs> yeah, right. And and that, that's the I think now more than before. This is even before maybe two two three months ago, where I started catching myself being okay. Like hey, you know, it, it got a little bit too robotic. I I started seeing that. It took me like a little bit, a little, it took me, it gave me a, I had a little delay, but I started seeing it, I'm like, okay, you know, and, and one thing that helped me, the seed that was planted late last year was when I had my cousin last summer, I was, I, I mentioned this where I, like, you know, I just beat him to the ground, you know, I, we just worked and it worked and worked and, you know, I, I had him lose, he lost like 25, 30 pounds in two months, like, I, we, just, we just burned through, bro, I, and I, 
I burned him out, but he, I burned him out for me. But when he got to the when he got on the field, he was good to go. So that was the that was the macro goal. That's what I wanted, anyways. But at one point, and my mom told me this. This was when we didn't have my cousin with us, but that she had a conversation with him, and he said, she said, why don't why don't you? Oh, you need to respect Andy. And he's like, well, he doesn't respect me. Interesting. Right. And and so my from that moment that this was mo- this was like Thanksgiving Christmas this was months ago from that moment i said okay let, let me let me check my let me check something there's there's you know i i don't want him to be scared of me i don't want him to uh i don't want him to i don't want him to think i'm a dictator either you know like you know but but there needs to be an agreement you know for both you know and and now i think now i've learned to flank better not that I wasn't trying to before, but I obviously wasn't doing a good job. If he's saying, "Well, he needs to," eat. I'd like I'd like him to respect me too, which is re- reasonable. Because now, what do I talk about? I talk about these kids that get dis- disrespected by parents and by adults, and so. But coming up with that idea has started stemmed from me. You know, me getting that feedback from my mom that stemmed from my cousin. That I was like, "Oh sh- shit!" You know, this, this isn't right. This isn't good. You know, this this isn't healthy either. You know, it's yeah. not healthy for him. It's trying to develop him, develop him. And get him on, at least a good path, you know, to just get him through high school and see where he see where he wants to go. Cause he seems to be opening up with options, you know, from football to then military and you know, call in college too. Um, he asked me about ROTC and how that worked. I'm like, well, you you get commissioned, you know, you you go to school for that and then you get commissioned and you work your way up. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, but uh, yeah, it stemmed from that, you know, the the self. You know, and we have talked about this before too. The self, you know, self awareness, and one thing I, t- I talked, I posted last night before going to the baseball game. I believe it was before the baseball game. There's this video that I posted on Facebook, and it's this guy leaves like a hundred dollar bill under uh, a homeless man's backpack, and this homeless man is asleep, so he's like there, and he could have felt it, but he didn't. And the, the guy just like slips it there. So then. Like let, let's just say like twenty minutes later, or whatever. The guy wakes up and he wakes up and he, he comes to, and he sees like he has like a hundred dollar bill. He's like, oh my god! Like he was he was crying like he was just ecstatic, right? So he goes to the local Target. Like he walks in. There's a Target store, and you see him walk out like twenty minutes later. It says twenty minutes later, and he has two bags. So then he goes back to I guess he I mean, essentially it's on a bench. I'm guessing that's where he lives on the bench right there on the side of the street. So then this guy who turns out to be an actor. He's on his phone. He's like, oh, man, like, I don't have enough money. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get this medicine for my daughter. I I don't know. He's like, I'll talk to you later. I don't know. I, I need to figure this out. So he's there. He's just contemplating out loud. So then the guy, the homeless guy, he says, hey, man, you, you're right. Like, you, you're right. And, uh, and then the, he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how to get this money. I need some money for my daughter. She needs her medicine. You know, it's very important. And he's like, hey, you know what? He's like, can you watch my backpack for a little bit? So he goes and he he returns the money, and he gives he gives this money to the guy. So then the guy's like, "Oh my God, you're the best!" He's like, "Here's five hundred more dollars." And and the homeless guy just was over himself. Like he just could not believe. He's like he's like what? Like he's like he's like yeah. He's like, and this guy and this is an interesting business side of the concept. But I'll go to that later. But he's like he's like yeah. I I make videos like these for them to go viral. So we can spread, you know, goodness and kindness. Mm-hmm. And with the money he makes off those viral videos, well, you know, he gives up. He gives, he's able to then continue 
making these videos and giving money away. Man, that's some like social entrepreneurship, like in a in a really unique yes. form. Yes. Very unique form of social entrepreneurship, almost. Yeah. And then, I mean, this video had over, I mean, I think it was like three hundred thousand views. And and that's not even like full viral. It will be more, I guess, more viral later. But I shared it, you know. And by the time I shared, it, like I think like over three hundred thousand views. So if you get, so let me do the math real quick. If Cause I actually I just signed up for my vlog and stuff. Like after you get ten thousand views, you're able to monetize through ads. What I like about it is that you can put skip ads, so like you don't have to watch the ads. You know they're not mandatory ads. They're just ads for the ad sake for the guy for the people paying for the ads. You know the company's paying for the ads, right? So with that, you get fifty five percent of the revenue from the ads. Oh wow! Yeah. So let's. Man, even if you, so it's 10,000 views, 55%. So let's say it was 300,000 views, right? Let's say 200, so the 10,000 the 10, views, not counting. So there's 290,000 views, right? And then you, let's say, man, dude, even, you think they would give a dollar per per per. We can just assume it for now. You, you want to just go with a dollar? Okay. So let's assume a dollar for 290,000 views. That's $290,000 times 55%. That's $159,000. <laughs> like, that's not bad. Let's assume, you know. So given that number, it's probably like 50 cents. Even if it's 50 cents, bro. So you cut that in half times 0.5. That's still $79,000 at 50 cents. You know, dip. let's assume, you know, that, let's assume that math is correct. Like, that is crazy. And that just allows this particular entrepreneur to continue to go meet homeless people to give them money. It's pretty nuts. I just had to check right now on YouTube if one of my videos is over 10,000. <laughs> one of them is over 10,000. It's time to start cashing yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, dude. And you can, you, I can help you do this actually probably after we're done with the podcast. Or I can just walk you through it. It's not hard at all. Um, you basically set an account through the third party that, that YouTube has. And because you're over 10,000 views, everything after that, you'll start monetizing that. And uh, so I started doing that because of the vlog. And I only do that because what I want to do with the vlog, and I, I know it's going to take time because even like Gary Vee and them, like they did, I mean, 100 episodes, you know, 1,000, you know, they did a, a ton of work to lead to where they're at now. So be, because I have that mindset, I'm not worried about getting even 100 views per video right now. I'm just trying to put on content for now. So what I want to do with that money when that comes in is, one, then I can allow the podcast to start paying for itself. Because right now I pay for it. You know, it's not a lot of money, but still, having that bill paid for, that, that would just automate that. You don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. And then my biggest thing that my macro goal for the podcast, the money's from the podcast. The podcast itself, I, I want at least, if not all the millennials, if the 25-year-olds listening to this can buckle down and understand where we sit and if and we shouldn't be then the bullies to the next generation is continue learning and and teaching the young the next the next teaching the next generation right but with the monies i want to get into funding or maybe i, I wouldn't even go, i don't want to go as far as say create my own foundation but something along those lines of uh collecting monies for education for kids and I, I don't have any specifics, but that's my macro goal for what I want from the revenues of the, 
of the podcast. And even, I mean, yeah, the podcast that comes directly from the vlogs. I'm just now starting to upload the audio from the podcast to YouTube. So hopefully that'll just help more. Cause I know, I mean, I know like Denver uses YouTube a lot and my cousin uses YouTube a lot. So for those of you that, I mean, well, if you're listening to this, obviously it, you're going to be listening to iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud. But if you have friends that prefer YouTube, well, hey, it's here it's on YouTube now. Like, even if it's just one episode, like it, it does for me, it does not matter. I just hope that you get like I, I said this in the beginning. You know, getting one thing, you know, that ninety nine percent, that one percent a day, you know, that one percent a day, and trying to get better every day. If I can bring you that one percent, that something that you maybe you didn't think about, or if Eddie can say something, or Brian when he's here, you know, if we can give you that one percent of anything that you saw maybe it's something that we thought was just kind of minimal and like you got the most out of that one thing that that's great but i know for the macro goal of of this stuff and this, this has been like maybe two months of thinking over like what because this was something you brought up even recently and and uh i had to think about you know what i want for the podcast and the value and whatnot and that's a great question because leading up to that i have already i'd already been thinking about education because i see it's so important so that I don't, honestly, I don't even remember how we got into this tangent, but I don't but, know. We go, but, uh, but uh, it stemmed from uh, the entre- social entrepreneur. We were talking about that video and uh, and how that yeah. came into That's play, right. and uh, so yeah. So going back to that, like yeah, like it's now the business side of that. It's interesting, like stuff like that. And I don't know if you've seen this video. Were you the one that sent the guy who waits in line? Yes. <laughs> so that video. That's so good. Like. Damn it's it. genius, right? Dude, it's so simple. Good, good for him. Yeah, and absolutely. He, and he went and like hired people. He like created jobs. It's like, a business. Bro. Yeah, it's yeah, a full-on full on. business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. So for anybody listening that uh, maybe has no clue with like the <laughs> shitty amount of context we just threw in that. <laughs> yeah. um, so this guy, I found this video of this dude who started a business just like waiting in lines for people in um, I believe New York City, right? Is that correct? New York City? Yes, 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 yes. So this guy just, like, you know, when you don't want to wait in line for the new iPhone, he, like, takes orders to go stand in line for you. And then I think he uh, charges by the hour. So he has, like, a flat rate for the first two hours. And I think after that, it's, like, a little more, like, additional add-ons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now he's, like, hiring other people, too. And then there's, like, a whole, like, uh, I'm guessing, like, you know, just the way people, you know, purchase this the service, I don't even know, like, how to label it in one word. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, because he even, he even goes as far as, like, if you're flying in for, like, a show. Like, the the one he keys on is, like, Hamilton. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. he works at Hamilton, like, like, people fly in to watch, like, that show. And, like, he, that, I think, I think he may mean that, like, those are some of, some of, some of his primary, like, customers. Like, people that fly in, the town tourists that fly in, like, hey, they now know about the service. Like, hey, we're going to be at the show. Crazy thing about the Hamilton, I believe, is that, if you buy tickets for, you have to like buy a ticket for yourself. So he's seen like Hamilton like eight times or something. Like that's just him. That isn't kind of like his employees that work for him that have also seen Hamilton multiple times because they Damn. have to buy an extra. They have to buy a ticket. They have to buy a ticket. Not that's just hilarious. For, they can't just be waiting. Yeah, no. See, no, like it's such a. To me, anyway, as far as I know, it's like such a new market. Like it's not even. It's not really been a thing. I don't think. Not that I've heard of <laughs> to this extent. But um, it's such a disruptive idea that like. It's going to be very easy for for businesses to like shut him down, as far as like let's say like Hamilton or Apple. If he's like waiting in line for someone who's getting the new iPhone Seven, 
um, or iPhone 8 or whatever the hell it's going to be yeah, now. He's, he's done those too, like that. He talked yeah. about doing the Apple. Like one. all it's going to take is for Apple to say, you know what, you can't do that. We're not going to let you hold spots for other people in line. And if you do, both of you are going to the back of the line. <laughs> and that's it. His business is done. Ruined. That's it. Yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not wrong. And I, I wonder, though, because the take may be that, well, that's one more person that's going to buy a phone. But that's only one, so they might be okay with doing away with one. But that'll be interesting. Okay, it'll be interesting to see what it turns into, given that scenario, because I, I don't disagree. That's something that it didn't quite cross my mind, something similar, but that specifically where, like, hey, you can't be waiting in line for somebody and, you know, just jump ship after that. Yeah, Shark Tank the hell out of it. <laughs> And my thoughts. <laughs> what else you got for us in this book? All right, let's, let's see. Let me go back so I don't skip. So one thing Moyers asked, he says, do you see some new metaphors emerging in a modern medium for the old universal truths? Campbell replies, I see the possibility of new metaphors, but I don't see that they have become mythological yet. What I got out of that was, that, which it's, re, it's redundant, but we're, we're smack in the middle of something changing, bro. Like, I, I, I hate to reiterate and be redundant about that, but it blows my mind that we, as human beings, us, 25-year-olds, we are smack in the middle of millennials to Gen Z, and then, as a society, as a human race, we are smack in the middle of transition. This was written in 1988, and that was they were in transition then. I say the same thing for 2017. Like, I don't know what more to say than it blows my mind. I feel like that's just the way the world is. Though. Like, it's just always in constant transition, constant change with everything going on. Like, imagine what it would have been like if we were 25 and then World War II just started. Yeah. Like, you know, right. that the That's kind of transition yeah, yeah. or getting out of World War II, going into the Cold War, that kind of transition. Or, um, I mean, I feel like I keep leaning on war like it's this big thing. Well, because there's, well, you got. There's always a lot of it. That's for I, sure. I was going to say, I'm like, the way maybe you can think about it is wars have been a big part of every generation. That's true. So you go to World War II, then you have Cold War, then you have, is it Korea, then Vietnam? Uh, well, whichever way it all happened right after. So, so, so all that, so Korea, Vietnam, then you have like the late eighties, then you have, then you have the dry years technically after the Persian Gulf, you had some dry years, maybe like 10 years up until 2011 or 20, 2001, 9-11. Well, we had that, that quick operation desert storm. Yeah. Yeah. That early which, 90s. Which, which kind of 90s. like, which I guess kind of bled over into the, to the 2001, 9-11 right. conflict. I, yeah. Well, not really, because uh, that was done by terrorists, and then for whatever reason, we went after Saddam Hussein. Right, yeah, So it's yeah. just kind of a continuation of what the other Bush did. Right, right. And that, that's interesting, because the only reason why I say, like, I guess the dryers would be made from, like, 94 to 2000 is, be, is only because, like, Jock on them, like, they call those dryers. They were in the military, and yet they were doing missions, but it wasn't a war, per se. That makes sense? Like, like, like that one, the, the Gulf War, and all, like, that was, but that was, like... Late 80s into like 91, 92, and then from there, when Jock got in, you know, he 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 talked about like going to Guam, like different places. Port, I think port, I think Portugal, um, and going, like I said, going on missions, going on tours. They were on boats and whatnot, on ships, but they still consider them dryers up into 2001, where that was the next war as big as Vietnam, as big as World War Two. You know. Fair enough. Well, then now we have the new 
uh, Trump presidency and well, with all the um, with the mother of all bombs being dropped. And then um, what else did we do? We did something. Just a whole bunch of like, what, like 30 some other bombs unleashed on like Syrian government. It was 50. I think it's 50. 50. Yeah. That's something I feel like this country has not done in a in a very long time, probably not since since Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, what's interesting is that week that the Moab got dropped, and then those other bombs got dropped. Since then, it seems like it's kind of cooled down. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I've just noticed that. I don't know what it means. It's I mean, because the, the way I think about it, in a sense. Is like it gets so damn blistering hot here, and then we get a cool front on Sunday. You know, like like you get you get this like heat, heat, and then just like change. You're yeah. Like, oh shit! Like, what's gonna happen next? You know what? Man, I don't know if I want to. the next thing. I don't know if I want to go off the rails on this one. We can always edit it out, I guess. But um, okay, so Trump's first hundred days in office are wrapping up, mm-hmm. and the big headline is um, him, his quote, him saying. Um, I thought it would be much easier than it is or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it is that he said about it, you know, about him thinking it was going to be easier. Yeah. Like, and people are like all up in like all up in arms about that. Like people are pissed off about it. Yeah. And I'm just kind of from the perspective of like, well, with him being the obvious narcissist that he is, I think it's a good thing that he admits that openly. It, I think it, that's a, I think that's a vast improvement. I was going to say, I, I hope people consider that because that goes back to the ego check, that yep. being, being humble. He realized, hey, this, you know, being the president of the United States is not running a business per se. Yeah. You know, it, there's a lot of functions that they, go, they do the same thing, but it's not the same. And it takes way longer to make an impact. And for me, that goes back to our history teacher back in high school. It says it takes years to see what, this current, what the current president's effects are going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a minute. It'll definitely be a minute. Here, so Moyer says, going, it's going back to the book, what do you think will be the myths that will incorporate the machine into the new world? Campbell replies, well, automobiles have gotten into mythology. They have gotten into dreams, and airplanes are very much in the service of the imagination. The flight of the airplane, for example, is in the imagination as the release from Earth. This is the same thing that birds symbolize in a certain way. The bird is symbolic of the release of the spirit from bondage to the earth. Just as a serpent is symbolic of the bondage to the earth, the airplane plays that role now. And I only play that because, like, like, just transitioning into uh, the the new, whatever we're leading to now, you know, well, the root and then what you mentioned, then, you know. Yeah, well, I think what we're leading to now is AI. I mean, that's what it all seems to be going towards is AI. And then not only that, but the whole, um, if anyone's ever seen the movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp, um, inserting yourself into AI. Um, I mean, again, it's like the, it seems to me like the never-ending chase for immortality. That's, uh, that's what it feels like we're always <laughs> yeah. um, trying to constantly beat, whether we're chasing it through, um, you know, going to the gym every day yeah, so we can right. live a little you're bit right. longer, Absolutely. eating healthy so we can live a little bit longer. Um, you know, we're just always chasing that, that, you know, just extra little valued time of life we'd wish to have, yeah. you know. And, well, inserting yourself into AI, it makes sense because we're under the impression at this point that if we're able to accomplish that, you're going to live forever, you know. Yeah, essentially. I know, cause, and speaking of health, real quick, like even Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she's literally 
what I'd call is the human guinea pig for humans as far as life extension because she's trying like the kale th she's learned about the kale thing the blueberry which I've jumped on all that stuff too like I'm in, I'm eating I'm drinking blueberry concentrate like straight like every day I eat, I eat a little bit every day you know even right now I have some I have some blueberry concentrate with water and then jockle tea you know <laughs> like, like I mean I'm just doing it all as well and I'm eating a bunch of kale every day and then uh, other juices I'm drinking anyways but like her podcast, which is, uh, I believe it's titled Found My Fitness. I believe that's what it's called. Either way, I have her on my Instagram if you want to find it. You can find, just type in Dr. Rhonda Patrick. But she, the majority of her podcasts are with researchers that have to do with, like, cell extension and biological extension. So everything you're talking about, like, the health version of that. Of yeah. That, yeah. So, so here yeah. we go. Are you ready for this? Here's Here's my thoughts. So... If we're chasing immortality all the time, and you, you may not even be chasing it through um, through trying to have better health, uh, going to the gym, or eating right, or, or um, you know, doing things to make sure that you're going to live a longer life as long as you possibly can. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they're chasing immortality through what? Through through what you're reading right there, the power of myth, through myth, through religion. That is just about in every religion. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I'm pretty sure every religion that exists in the world has that that promise of eternal life that's the main thing that's yeah. its main ploy right yeah that's the promise you do these things you follow these rules you get eternal life that's what everyone wants the, everyone wants that immortality so my question is if you take away all of that um are you still gonna like would you if there was no such thing as immortality if there was no such thing as um i'm not gonna say no such thing as religion because it's a man-made thing right but if there was um no um if there was no actual deity in control of all of this, and it was just um, you know nothing, like we live and we die and that's it and that's all it was, would you be content with that? Can like and I, and I mean you, not like Walker, but right, I mean just right. anyone listening, would you be content with that? Mm -hmm. And that and and that, not the answer, but one of the possibilities is stoicism, because that that is the day to day type deal. So that it's not my answer, but it's the first thing I thought about. It's like, are you content with today? Can you maximize your day today? Can you do the most you can today to get, you know, happy to gain happiness, to gain fulfillment? Well, for people who are continuing to listen, we had a, a brief interruption and we were on a, we were on a stride and we're gonna keep going. <laughs> Onward we go. <laughs> so, what I was saying is, if so, listener, if you learned. There's no such thing as a god. There's no such thing as a deity. Just nothing exists. We're here by chance. It just so happened this way. Um, would you be content with that? And how would you go about living your life knowing that you're you're immortal, you're going to die, and nothing's going to happen after that? You know, that's. Uh, I feel like that's like I'm being super nihilistic right now. Well, yeah. But, well, um, even even so, even so, I. It's interesting because I know in my mindset now, I would just keep going because you could well because. Legacy is still part of the deal, you know. Yeah. And even one, oh, let me, one thing that came up in the book was uh, th that I think Bill Moore's brought up was John Wayne, you know, John Wayne being a mythological figure. Now, or even in the '80s, he was already saying yes, like John Wayne's like, if, you know, it wasn't even that long ago. But uh, so I get that. That's that's maybe what I would also say is like, well, you can still like do good, and you know, given that all variables were the same, only the religion or only the god or deity. 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 Sorry. If only that variable was different and everything else remained the same, at least for me, and I hope listeners would still continue, you know, 
building on what their mission is, you know, whatever the mission yeah. is. There's still uh, there's still purpose that you can have to your life regardless of of religion or not, right? Yep. Here, okay, here's, here's something that, that Joseph Campbell says. He says, Certainly Star Wars has a valid mythological perspective. It shows the state as a machine and asks, Is the machine going to crush humanity or serve humanity? Humanity comes not from the machine but from the heart. What I see in Star Wars is the same problem that Faust gives us. Metaf- what the heck? Mephist. Mephistopheles, can you read the here? Blooper. Yeah, here, no, I'm going to leave this in, but can you read Mephistopheles something? Mephistopheles? Okay, we'll go Mephistopheles. So Mephistopheles, the machine man, can provide us with all the means and is thus likely to determine the aims of life as well. But of course, the characteristic of Faust which makes him eligible to be saved, is that he seeks aims that are not those of the machine. Now, when Luke Skywalker unmasks his father, he is taking off the machine role that the father has played. The father was the uniform. The, that is power, the state role. Hmm. You know, and and I, I still kind of tie that. I, I was hoping I was going to tie it a little better, but it still, it still kind of goes back to, you know, that ultimate, I guess that, high figure you know in this case where it was like Darth Vader you know he's that high figure and when you when Luke the human realizes like oh hmm it still kind of ties in mythological wise you know if we're talking uh, deity to man you know uh, uh, mortal you know immortal versus mortal yeah interesting oh man that that's so good I, I hope I hope listeners eventually get back to us I, we I rarely get feedback over email or anything. And I hope we, with questions like this, like that's a very good question is like, can you as an individual human being continue living, maximizing your life, trying to learn or wanting to learn, wanting to, uh, better or be a part of a better society, you know, wanting to be a part of a better society. If, if you, can you do that knowing that there is no afterlife? Very interesting. I like that. I like that question. It's very good. Man, does it even uh, make a difference if there is an afterlife or not? If there is that um, that promise or not of uh, immortality in in you know um, in heaven or hell or whichever way you look at it, like yeah. does does it really affect the way you can view things on earth as far as like purpose? Right. Absolutely. And I know. I mean, I would just give my. I mean, it's not exactly a brief answer, but for me, it's, and I don't know how this is going to sound to everybody else, including you, Eddie. But like, I'm very comfortable with death. Like it's it's not like Same. I mean you know it's 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 rational to be okay I think it's well from from my rationalization it's like okay that's gonna happen when I don't know but it doesn't matter right now yeah you know like I I am trying to be healthy I am trying to do all these things you know I, stuff I've already talked about on this podcast but you know in general you know that's my short answer I I do want I do wish I do hope that people will get back to us with their answer with this because I'm I'm just curious. On feedback, and maybe they'll in turn ask a question back, which would be great. You know, we can ponder on that question. But I think that's a solid question. That hopefully, even if you don't reply to us or send us feedback, if you can be honest with yourself, you know, be honest with your self evaluation. I talked about that. I actually text Eddie. Uh, what was it that I texted you? I said, you know, oh, the the that PDF file from your from your, 
from your professor. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and what I've read so far, I'm, I'm not going to go into any details, but the only thing that I had told you was, like, you know, self-reflection. That's the that's, that's first thing I got. And I've only read, like, 15 pages. Like, it's not that much. And uh, and that's what I got. It's, like, self-reflection. Something like that. A, a question that deep. That, uh, it's not rhetorical for me because I have an answer. But for those, if it's, if, it, if it's rhetorical for you right now, you know, be honest with yourself and check that, you know. Um, like my cousin with me, you know, wanting wanting respect back. It's like, well, that's that's legit. I think that you know, as a human as human beings trying to interact and build something bigger than ourselves, it's like, yeah, like I I need to check myself and see how I'm approaching this situation with my cousin. You know, be just do it better. You know, do it do it to where he's on board. And now, I mean, now he's on board. But the point is, you know, being on board and just working towards that macro goal. Yeah, just for the sake of clarification, um, I'm not proposing atheism in any way. People do what you're gonna do. I'm going to yeah. do what I'm going to do right? Yeah. as far as uh, believing in, in what we all choose to believe in. Yep. Yep. I, 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 I couldn't agree more than that because it's like I feel like religion rarely comes up and I think maybe we were due for this conversation. <laughs> you know, we, it might have been due because we've talked politics. We've talked health. You know, we've talked music. We've talked business. We've talked finance, ec- ec- economics. But uh, the religion aspect, not that we've, I, not that we've left it out, but I, it's just never – it just it hasn't it just hasn't arisen you know it just hasn't risen to conversation the way it has today and you know and even me leading to like okay what book do I want to derive from like power of myth let's let's do it you know mm-hmm. let's just go from there. Yes sir yes sir. So Campbell says Eisenhower went into a room full of computers, and he put the equa- the question to these machines is there a god, and they all start up and the lights flash, and the wheels turn and after a while a voice says. Now there is. Moyers then replies, but isn't it possible to develop toward your computer the same attitude of the chieftain who said that all things speak of God? If it isn't a special privilege revelation, God is everywhere in his work, including the computer. Campbell replies, indeed so, it's a miracle what happens on that screen. Have you ever looked inside one of those things? No, and I don't intend to. Campbell then replies to that he says you can't believe it it's a whole hierarchy of angels all on slats and those little tubes those are miracles i have had a revelation from my computer about mythology you buy a certain software and there is a whole set of signals that lead to the achievement of your aim if you begin fooling around with signals that belong to another system of software they just won't work similarly in mythology if you have a myth- mythology in which the metaphor for the mystery is the father, you're going to have a different set of signals from what you have from what you would have if the metaphor for the wisdom and mystery of the world were from the mother. And I'm, it, it, he goes on to a whole little, a whole like another paragraph like about that stuff. But still, you know, the beginning, you know, now there is, you know, it's like well, if if, if you believe, then it must be true. Yeah, and it's something that me and Brian actually talked about. What day? I think it was might have been Friday. We briefly talked about, um, you know, you believe in something so hard, or if you believe in it hard enough, and then your subconscious leads you to working towards that goal, then it 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 must come true, you know, or more than likely it will come true. And that's kind of like this, you know. Now there is, you know, so if 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 it's if you believe it hard enough and you build on it, because I believe there has to be action. I believe there has to be action. And he means like, you know, when he works with, when 
Joseph says he works with his computer and he sees all these angels and things working in co working in cohesion. Is that a word? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So you know that you know still it must be true. Fair enough. Man, the uh, the human imagination is a really like powerful thing. I don't I don't know why that just hit me right now. Like in my in my thought process, we were going through that, but the human imagination is a really 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 powerful tool. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Like just just thinking about it, like like we needed a a big bomb to take out like a a city in Japan. How are we gonna do it? Imagine a way we could do it, and then like those um, that imagination just forms from. You know, it forms into actual rational thoughts from knowledge and application of the knowledge, and then yeah. it happens. Yep. You know, like, it's just, like, a scary thing. And even, like, um, ima- imagination in the sense of, like, how we come about all these myths and all these religions and such. And I, I don't mean, like, to say, like, we're playing pretend or we're, like, imagining something that doesn't exist. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just, like, I'll just, like, offer you the basic notion of praying. Like, so when, like, you pray and you're um, talking to your God, you know, like, what voice do you use? Like, if you, like, imagine God talking back to you, what voice are you hearing it in? You know, it's like the imagination process of everything just really baffles me at the moment. That's it. I never thought about what voice do you hear it yeah. in reply. That's interesting. I, I, I'm going to have to pay attention now because I know I definitely feel like there's something there. I just never pay attention to that particular voice coming back. I know there's a voice there, and I listen to the words, but I don't pay attention to the tone or to the – I like that. Might have to, that might even be a part of like meditation too. Like, you know, when you're meditating and you, I know when I meditate, if I do get something like that, lately it feels like, let's just say I see, let's say I see you in my meditation state, right? Usually I hear you in your voice, you know, so like stuff like that. Usually it's pretty uh, connected, you know, like as far as that goes, it doesn't, it doesn't astray. Like I don't, I don't see, I don't see you and hear somebody else's voice or something else's voice. You know, I, I don't. So that's interesting in a, maybe a dream state or a prayer state. What would that reply sound like? Yeah. Like that. I'm going to stop Power of Myth because now he's just venturing into uh, how various religions um, tie in to the ultimate thought, you know, of, of mythology. So I, we can – I'll bring it up again later on, you know, maybe another podcast. But for now, definitely – as I was like skimming through, like yeah, we're we're about done with, with that with that book at least. A lot of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with yeah, even with a little bit that I've read and with the ultimate question that you brought up, it's like dang, okay, like that's a lot to think about. You know, it's a lot to think about. It's big, big. That's a big monkey brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on its own. Man, um, I had a older student of mine, adult student, um, adult age, like um, young thirties probably. And uh, he was, like, showing me these screenshots of, like, I guess a social media argument he engaged in with somebody about the Bible. And he starts, you know, pointing out all these flaws in the Bible and whatever. And he's like, how can you, like, believe a book that has, like, all these flaws and contradictions within it? And, um, I mean, I didn't really respond back to him. I didn't really give him the time of day. I was like, okay, you want to brag to me about how smart you are and, like, how you try to outsmart everybody else on social media? Congratulations. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to give you the time of day for that. I just think anyone that does that is just not worthy of attention. But um, with all that being said, the Bible, though it may have um, very apparent contradictions, I think within it lies a lot of good values that, that you can take away from and apply to to life now. And just and par- uh, it, just, it, it parallels all the way across generation to generation to generation. Right. And then, uh, well, the other thought that occurred in my head as, it, as he was kind of bragging about this to me, like uh, putting down the Bible, is like, would you, uh, would you, 
be okay doing the same to the Quran? Like, would you do it for the Quran? I'm sure there's flaws in the Quran. Yeah. There's got to be. Mm-hmm. Any book that has, like, you know, thousands of contributors to it over thousands of years, yeah. um, you know, is bound to have some kind of flaw to it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even Power of Myth, throughout the book, you know, it talks about how there's a lot of parallels between the, the three and the different books. And, oh, man, what was I going to say? Sorry. I got an itch and I forgot. Um What's well, like we build up we build up these myths and the Bible is a is a you know man made book. I mean, um, granted, I, I I totally see the point uh, where Christianity says that uh, I'm forgetting the exact vocabulary word. And I took Bible classes like in college. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know where like God comes down and speaks His words through other people. Like He uses people as a medium to to transfer these words into the Bible, right? Right. Right. Um, to allow them to get these thoughts down in in the way He wants to articulate them. So I, I totally get that's the thing for Christianity, but cannot forget this is like man-made stuff. Like myth is a is a man-made thing. Right. Uh, interesting enough, when I was taking those, uh, when I was going to those Monday classes for my cousin's communion, they were doing like a evangelist for like the godparents and stuff, and I, I would go to those. And when I finally started getting comfortable, which was very late in the program, like we're done with the program now, so it's over. But I say like the last three weeks that I went, like I I felt like I was just more contributive, you know, I had more value to, I had, I was comfortable releasing what I thought, right, and one of them was, like, kind of that, and I said, I said, so, so the Bible is truthful, but also mythological, mythological, yeah, and the, and the father, and because the father's the one giving these classes, and he's like, he's like, yeah, and I was like, oh, thank God, someone gets it, like, because the thing is, like, it's not that I get it, but after reading the power of myth, it it just opened up door that uh, ga- that gave me a sense of like okay like the bo- the Bible is also a tool that you can use yeah and what I was gonna say a little bit earlier was those contradictions what if they're dichotomies what if they're intended to be contradictive because mm. you have to think about the good and the bad one thing that my cousin brought up he's like and I don't know was it my co- or was it you either way you'll, you'll know uh, he said who said the devil was bad he just went his own way yeah did you say that. No, um, okay. well, it's uh, well something like that, loosely. Okay. Um, it's something that uh, my brother brought up to me, okay. actually. Okay, it, it, it probably was you then. Kind of, it was, it was kind of as a joke one day, but it, it makes you think a little bit. Yeah. Um, loosely quoted, mm-hmm. it goes something like, if the devil is such a bad guy, why does he only punish bad guys in hell? Doesn't that make him a good guy? Right. So it's just, just food for thought. He's, think about it. And, 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 and one thing, oh man, I, actually, I forgot about this. Well, maybe it's not so much that he's doing punishing. I think punishing is the wrong verb. I think he's just getting joy out of the, of the pain yeah, he causes he, right, people. Yeah, he gets, yeah, right. He, he gets a pleasure out of it. Yeah, he gets a pleasure out of it. But interesting enough that I'm going to now re-listen to you again was something that Denver sent me a long time ago when we first started these rehearsals, Conversation with the Devil. I don't know if you ever listened to it. Oh, yeah, with uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard, the... Um, Conversation with the devil, the song? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? No, you're no. not. Oh, my bad. No, not the song. No, it's a legit, like, four-hour conversation. And there's the, I would say the narrator, and then he portrays the devil. That's, he's replying. So the, it's a question and answer type deal. And they go through these questions. And honestly, like, I'm not even going to go into the details because I don't remember them clearly anymore because this was last I, year. My memory's getting jogged. I okay. think I know what you're talking about. And and Denver showed me this. And, you know, one time I even, I even told my mom, like, Mom, you should listen to this. And she's like, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. I, I completely get it because the devil's always seen as a negative, you know, a bad person. Okay. But pondering that and now remembering that particular uh, conversation with the devil, it's like, mm, 
it just opens up a whole nother like realm of things, you know. And, yeah. and, and going back to the original is like the dichot- what if what if, the, what if they're just dichotomies to put you in a bo- a good or bad decision making. Well, and speaking of dichotomies, the devil and God is the biggest di- dichotomy that we cannot live without. We need that dichotomy. Right. If there is no devil, there is there there's no God. There's no there's none of that. If there's no God, there's no devil. Like there's they have to coexist. Yeah. In order for this to be a a thing worthwhile, right? Um, You can't have bad without good. Right. Because then just just good, and we can't define what good is without bad. Exactly. You need the dichotomy. Right, yeah, you need the dichotomy. It's like, um, well, (laughs) always going back to Ryan Adams, but, um, you know, like his his, uh, title track for his latest album, Prisoner, uh, so the song Prisoner, um, you know, that one line, again, loosely quoted, I'm probably not going to get it word for word, but, you know, there's this one bird that, you know, is sitting outside his prison cell window or whatever, and and he says, um, you know, how can something born with wings ever really know what it truly means to be free? Or something along those yeah. lines. So it's like, yeah, it's been, been free all of his life. Like, you don't, he doesn't know the definition of free. Lives yeah. it. Yeah. Like, Interesting enough, so there's this, speaking of uh, free, and, and what I'm, it's kind of like, going leaving the religion talk but i i had heard uh i just recently found uh hidden brain by npr this was maybe like three weeks ago episode 38 is titled me 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 talks about narcissism and like millennials and certain even phrasing like if you use it enough you believe it it's like saying you you tell yourself a lie and you tell yourself a lie until you believe it it's kind of like along those lines okay and one of the but one of the things they brought up was like self-esteem you know, the thing is with our generation, and I feel like this is this is quite true for me. I, I think this is why I've now ventured into things outside music is when you get that approval, then you feel like you're okay. And that goes back. If you have, and, this, and, and it's an interesting thing because Gary Vee says we need to double down on good self-esteem, which is total dichotomy to what this hidden brain thing is bringing up. Oh, this doctor, Dr. Jean Twinge. Uh, she's the one who gets interviewed for this podcast episode. And the cool thing about Hidden Brain, side note, is that like, it's like 25 minutes long, bro. They're not long. They're not, nothing's over 40 minutes. It's quick, dense, and it's in your head. You know? Love it. So uh, anyways, but one thing, that, the only point I want to bring up from that podcast today is, is, is the self-esteem thing. You know? And I, I see it in my cousin. You know, he, sees, like, these, he sees his heroes on YouTube, and he, gets, he feels good about it, so then he doesn't work. And it make, but it makes sense to me. It makes sense at least. And it's like, man, and and interesting enough, and this is a self reflection for himself that he told me yesterday. He's like, man, he's like, he's like, I want to accomplish so much, and like, I just, I go home and I'm on YouTube, and he knows, like, he said, this is him talking, and he's like, you, you want to accomplish something, and you go out and do it, and I, I guess he sees it as like because I'm doing music, like he knows that's a, that, that that's my career, so it, it's. It's in a flow state now where we're just rolling. You know, I'm, I'm rolling with you, and I, I like your project, so I'm on board with whatever, we, with, with whatever you want to do. You know, I have no real contradictions. I have, I have maybe, uh, I can state my opinion. We can veer off of that or whatever. But mm-hmm. the overall mission, I'm on board. So it's all, it, it's flow state. Go, just yeah. go, go, go. That's fine. But now doing the vlog, now doing the podcast. And I think for him it's a vlog thing because he watches, he does watch vlogs and he listens to, you know. Because even even Ray Lewis has a podcast. It's like he's living life through others. Exactly, and he's okay. And but because he's okay with that, and I and like I said, going back to this pod, the NPR podcast, it it made sense. I'm like, man, 
interesting enough, I'm glad he's able to see that on himself. But okay, now what I'm thinking as his, as the adult trying to help him grow, it's like, man, how can I get him to then find something good enough that he wants to work for it? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, something that does capture his attention. And right now, right now, honestly, I'm trying to look for like YouTube jobs for him. Like, I'm like going that deep because it's like, well, he's on YouTube. He he can probably maximize that. If someone can stand in line for somebody else, he can maximize YouTube. He can monetize YouTube somehow. There has to be a way to monetize YouTube. And that that's so that, those are my side note mindsets. But but that you know self esteem and everything else that stems from that, and you get that satisf- satisfaction. Satisfaction. Sorry. And and it's like okay, cool. And I I think and I I talked about this last our last podcast when we were with Alex and Freddie and all them at the island, I talked about when I, when I got that like blessing essentially from my dad about music. Cool. And I, I continued, but two years later, I'm now I'm doing a vlog. Now I'm doing a podcast. Now I'm, I'm venturing to exercise. I'm venture. Uh, I just got my first paying client for myself for health, like for diet, dietary Very stuff. Cool. And that just happened like Friday. Like it happened while we were at the, actually right after the dog house, like I was messaging and whatever. And, uh, so I just got my first client for that. Like, that's a whole new thing that I have to learn. Like, you know, like, and it excites me as much as it ex- as music ex- excites me. But I wonder, I, 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 I'm not going to say yes or no, but like, you know, stemming from that original blessing from my dad three years ago, saying, hey, you can chase this dream. And now that I have that, okay, okay, then, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Because then I wonder, and I've, mentioned I, I i think i mentioned it more now than ever is like the parenting thing you know stemming from that the first your first 12 years of life and what your parents do or don't do then you go through your adolescence which that's where you're like you're 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 in your more rebellious stage and then you finally grow up after you know college after college you kind of grow up I, for the most part this not, this isn't everybody still know a lot of kids out there <laughs> our age that are still kids but it's fine either way but even them being kids Usually stems because of their upbringing, so I've dude I've made all those parallels and it's 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 a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just it's a big old monkey brain that I'm I'm letting it sit, but it's it's fascinating to me because it goes back to the human, at, hum, being a human being, you know, trying the to, human condition. Yeah, the human condition exactly. And it's like man, it it's so cool and it's like so many answers that are gonna be answered like soon, not yet, but you know all that stuff. It's just like okay, cool. Yes, sir. I'm gonna call it there. We we hit it. We hit the ground running today. We did. Uh, and I'm like I said. And I, th- I said at the beginning, I'm I'm glad it did because like of my mindset. What I told you since you know building up to the week and my Friday just being not optimal. M- not my definition of op- of optimal. And uh, right now we we hit the ground running. So we it's still an I feel like an hour and twenty minutes of like boom solid material. So we're we're we'll be good for today. Eddie, if you could please leave your social media accounts yeah for sure well you can find me on facebook uh eddie signs my uh profile picture is like green and blue and it's like a silhouette of me being on stage it's supposed to be really artsy <laughs> but um i can't tell you the link because i don't know it but e-d-d-i-e-s-a-e-n-z and then twitter at eddie signs three again e-d-d-i-e-s-a-e-n-z and then the number three and then instagram is that same thing but it's at Eddie underscore signs three because you need an underscore in your Instagram. You just need to. It's like an it's unwritten true. rule. Even I have one now. <laughs> it's an unwritten rule. An unwritten you gotta rule. have it. So, my Instagram is Andy Walker underscore lead. My Twitter's the same, Andy Walker underscore lead. 
My Facebook, I do have the URL. It's the facebook.com forward slash Andy Walker lead. And then I think my artist page is Andy Walker leads. Either way, it's all connected. Like on my personal account, I have like the link where you can like click at Andy Walker or whatever. And, I, and even when I share stuff, I always link the two now. So it's, it's all there, you know. Add me on Facebook, you know, whatever. Message me. I'll answer or reply. Um, that's going to be it, man. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to leave a quote. I think there's plenty of material from The Power of Myth that I'm going to re-listen to when I, when I get to it and we can use. And I will be back. We will be back hopefully full full force next week. <laughs> with, we'll, have Brian with Brian. <laughs> we'll have Brian back here. Uh, but Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell and then the mediator is Bill Moyers. Super good book. Um, I'd say if you have... I don't know if you want. I don't know if I want to say if you have doubt, but if you have any type of questions about religion and maybe how they tie into your life, I think Power of Myth could help you find at least some answers. You know, you have to read the whole thing to maybe find one answer, but it's definitely a good read. It's enlightening. I learned a ton. It's it's helped me to this day. That's why I'm still using it today, and uh, I do recommend it. And again, the Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell with Bill Moyers. So we're going to sign off until next week. We will see what the week brings, and we will come back. Actually, side note, uh, Brian's going on speed dating, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> and then we had our museum adventure this past Thursday, so we'll talk about that next time when Brian's here so we can give a full account, and uh, and then we'll see what happens. I'm curious about the speed dating thing because <laughs> I was actually going to probably go but it's like rehearsal day. I'm like, no, I mean, I'm not going to be rushing anywhere. So I don't, I hate rushing. So it's an interesting experience. We yeah. used to uh, put it on for philanthropy mm. uh, with my fraternity. So, yeah, we used to throw a speed dating event. People flock to those things. <laughs> it does bring in some good people. Yeah. It brings in good numbers. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. We'll come back next week. We'll see you guys.